Welcome to Talking History, a series of talks from Farnham U3A History Group. It's 2019, and in this talk, Michael Abair looks back 150 years to 1869. I thought, how interesting to look back 150 years and see what was going on, 1869. It's a fairly much a random year, not a spectacular year. There were no major wars on, there was a bit of a biff going on in Japan. It was an interesting year, but not a spectacular one. Uh, I should have said, first of all, that I I decided that with Joanne here, um, I had to include something about sport. And... Don't worry, nothing to do with Rasputin here, but... On the 5th of January in 1869, Scotland's oldest professional football club, Kilmarnock Football Club, was founded. So I've included that so that Joanne feels at home and that it was worth coming. (laughs) On the 10th of January was the birth of Grigory Rasputin. We all know he was a Russian mystic, self-proclaimed holy man, and he was a man who greatly influenced the Russian royal family. He died in 1916. On the 20th of January, Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Uh, We're going to hear a bit more about her a bit later, and I think she's actually a very, very distant relative of mine, actually. Elizabeth Cady Stanton became the first woman to testify before the US Congress. I've not been able to find what she testified about, but she... (laughs) She did definitely testify. (laughs) This is a good one. On the 5th of February, two Cornish prospectors at Mulligal in Victoria, Australia, discovered the largest alluvial gold nugget ever found, called the Welcome Stranger. Mulligal is about 37, 38 miles west of Bendigo. Now, the nugget weighed in excess of 293 pounds in weight. So it was rather substantial. The 26th of February was the birth of Mrs. Lenin, Madhika Konstantinovra Krupskaya, who was a revolutionary politician in her own right. She went on to serve as deputy education minister for Russia from 1929 until her rather untimely death in 1939 aged 70. 3rd of March, Henry Wood. The birth of Henry Wood, Sir Henry Wood latterly, of course, musician, conductor, best known for his promenade concerts, which he conducted for almost half a century. He came from a very humble background and was greatly encouraged in his musical studies by his parents. Initially, he was an organist and did a lot of work with Sir Arthur Sullivan, He was offered conductorships by the New York Philharmonic and the Boston Symphony Orchestras, but he felt that it was his duty to stay in his home country of Britain. He died in 1944. On the 4th of March, Ulysses S. Grant was sworn in as the 18th United States President. He went on to a second term, so he served eight years in in all. He was previously the commanding general of the Union Army in the United States, and considered by many to be the main reason why the Union won the Civil War. He was also an international statesman and a prolific author. He died in 1885, aged sadly only 63. The death of Hector Berlioz, the French Romantic composer. 
He was the son of a small town doctor who confidently expected that uh, Hector would follow him in his footsteps as a, as a doctor, but he decided, much to his father's annoyance, to take up music. At the age of 22, he became completely infatuated by the Irish Shakespearean actress Harriet Smith, and eventually he married her seven years later, but somewhat unhappily. His works were in orchestral and in choral music, and he was born in 1803, as I say, he died this year, 1869. On the 18th of March was the birth of Neville Chamberlain, British Conservative Prime Minister from 1937 to 40, and of course always remembered for his policy of appeasement. Although I think it's fair to say that his appeasement played for time whilst rearmament started. He died in 1940. On 24th of March was the end of Tito Kawaru's war in New Zealand. Ended with the surrender of the Maori tribesmen led by a gentleman of the same name, Tito Kawaru. It took place at South Taraniki in New Zealand's North Island. He was a very, very brave Maori leader, but it's sad to say that he was a cannibal as well. 29th of March, birth of Edwin Lutyens, the architect who imaginatively adapted traditional architectural styles to suit his era. He designed, as we know, many English country houses, a lot of them in this area, as well as war memorials, including the Cenotaph and a lot of public buildings. He died in 1944. <laughs> 10th of May was the completion of the first transcontinental rail link in North America at Promontory, Utah, with a golden spike being driven. I'll bet that golden spike didn't stay there long. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the link between the east and the west of the United States, and it meant that there was a service right the way through from Nebraska to San Francisco Bay. A little afterwards, they moved it to the other side of San Francisco Bay, but uh, the principle is still the same. It linked the Central Pacific and the Union Pacific Railroads. Now we're going back to Elizabeth Cady Stanton again. On the 15th of May, women's suffrage in New York came about. It was all led by Susan B. Anthony, who was a prominent Quaker lady, and this Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who was the wife of the co-founder of the Republican Party, in the United States, and they formed the National Women's Suffrage Association. The two first met in, back in 1851 and remained very close friends for the rest of their lives. They both lived to be 86. 22nd of May, Sainsbury's first store opened at 173 Drury Lane in London. Now, I tried, tried, tried and tried to find pictures of the first store, and everywhere that you see pictures of their first store, it says on the window, J. Sainsbury, Blackfriars. So I think that's not the first store, but that's the second store in Blackfriars. But anyway, the first store opened at 173 Drury Lane in London. The two partners were John James Sainsbury and his wife, Mary Ann. When John James died in 1928, his last words were, keep the shops well lit. <laughs> <laughs> 27th of August, Oxford won the first international boat race on the Thames, beating Harvard University. That was a close-run thing, apparently. 31st of August, the Anglo-Irish scientist Mary Ward was the first victim of a motor vehicle. She was the first person to be run over and killed in a car crash. It was a steam car designed and built by her cousins, the Parsons boys. 
who went on to become famous for Parsons steam turbines. Mary Ward was thrown out of the car on a tight bend, was run over, and broke her neck at the age of 42. She was a very famous astronomer, naturalist, author, and artist, incredibly talented lady. She was one of only three women on the mailing list of the Royal Astronomical Society. The other two were Queen Victoria and Mary Somerville, so pretty elite company. But on the 1st and 2nd of September, there was a massive solar storm. It's been calculated that if a similar storm were to hit this planet now, it would cause massive disruption and power cuts, which could last for many, many months. Telecommunications would be disrupted. All our computers would crash. There was a similar event in 2012, just eight years ago, but fortunately, planet Earth missed the storm by nine days. So uh, they are out there. They're after us. Work completed on the Wallace Monument in Stirling on the 11th of September. 220 feet high, it was designed to be a prominent feature on the landscape and was a symbol of the 19th century Scottish nationalism. The 24th of September, Black Friday, the original Black Friday, the Fisk Gould, G-O-U-L-D that is, scandal caused severe financial panic in the United States. It was an attempt to corner the gold market in New York. President Grant helped us help the situation by releasing $4 million of gold to help stabilize the market. The picture we see there is of the blackboard, the original blackboard in the New York Gold Room, as it was called. 7th of October, a face you will know, was the birth of Mahatma Gandhi. At birth, Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi, who was, a, as we all know, a political activist and leader of the Indian independence movement. He defeated British rule with his policy of non-violent civil disobedience and led India to independence. The 8th of October was the death of Franklin Pierce, the 14th United States president. Very, very unpopular Democratic Party leader whose views on slavery were not generally respected in the North. He served only one term from 1853 to 57 and he was a great drinker. He died of cirrhosis of the liver 12 years after leaving office. In the many polls of best US president, he is invariably near or at the bottom. Born in 1804 and died in this year, 1869. On the 16th of October, England's first residential university level college for women was founded in Hitchin, Hertfordshire, by Emily Davis and Barbara Bodicon. It later became Girton College, Cambridge. 17th of November, the Suez Canal was inaugurated in a grand ceremony. It's 120 miles long and saved a hazardous journey from the North Atlantic to the North Indian Oceans, cutting about 430 miles off the trip. 19th of November, the Hudson's Bay Company surrendered its claim to Rupert's Land, also known as Prince Rupert's Land, after Prince Rupert of the Rhine. Hudson's Bay Company was a trading company, handed it back to the UK government after 200 years. It was a huge area and occupied what we now know as being the whole of Manitoba province, most of Saskatchewan, southern Alberta, southern Nunavut, northern parts of Quebec and Ontario, plus small parts of the United States states of North and South Dakota, Minnesota, and Montana. So a massive, massive area.
23rd of November was the launch of the Cutty Sark at Dumbarton on the north bank of the Clyde. Dumbarton is a translation from the Scottish Gaelic, meaning Fort of the Britons. The Cutty Sark was a clipper ship and was designed mainly for the tea trade. It was very fast, but of course the opening of said Suez Canal led to the demise of these elegant ships and the need for quite such fast ships. Clippers were developed from schooners and had three masts and a square rig. Cutty Sark was the last one built and is the only one to survive into the 21st century. 1st of December, Leo Tolstoy's novel War and Peace was first, pu first published in book form. Leo Tolstoy is just the, the, the anglicization of it. It's actually Count Lev Nikolaevich Tolstoy. He'd been born in 1828 into an aristocratic family. He'd served as a second lieutenant in the Crimean War, and he died in 1910, aged 82. 7th of December, Jesse James' first confirmed bank robbery in Gallatin, Missouri. He was shot at the ripe old age of 34, in 1882 by a new member, relatively new member, of his gang for the reward money. Whilst he is generally known to have given a lot of money away to the poor, and he's always thought of as being the, the Robin Hood of the Wild West, sadly there is no evidence whatsoever to prove this. <laughs> 10th of December, Wyoming Territorial Legislature gave the women the right to vote. On the 31st of December was the birth of Henri Matisse, French painter, known for his use of colour. He was also an accomplished draftsman, printmaker, and sculptor, as well as all of that. And he was also heavily involved in the development of post-impressionism. He died in 1954, so lived to a very good age. Undated, but back in the summer, but we just don't know exactly which date it was, James Gordon Bennett Jr., uh, who was the uh, publisher of the New York Herald newspaper that his father, James Gordon Bennett Sr., had, uh, had started up, asked Henry Morton Stanley to find Dr. David Livingstone. Of course, uh, as we know, that was successful. Bennett went on to organize the first polo match and also organize the first tennis match in the United States, and he personally won the first ocean yacht race. He also sponsored the ill-fated USS Jeannette expedition to try to reach the North Pole. That were very few people made it back from that. It was very much ill-fated. He married for the first time at the age of 73. His bride was Maud Potter, who was the widow of George de Reuter, the founder of Reuter's news agency. He died in France at the age of 79 in 1918. So sadly, only six years of married life. And that is where we finish. <laughs> The views expressed by the speaker are not necessarily the same as those held by the team at the Mr. T Podcast Studio. This podcast is produced by the Mr. T Podcast Studio in association with the Farnham U3A Group.